0: Whoa whoa, 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 what
1: is up, everybody? I'm your host, Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. Hit that thumbs up for me if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or you're watching on YouTube. It's a huge week for gardeners in Philadelphia. Let's not waste any time. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid and Anthony San Filippo. Fellas. How are
2: you? What's going on, man? Doing
1: playing. good. Doing and? good.
0: I
2: think I think I've gained the upper hand on the sinus infection. Here. I was going to ask. Yeah. Hopefully, no loogies in this episode. You know, I held <laughs> it in until the very end on Tuesday, but I think I think we're clear here. I think the chest congestion is all right. I've replaced it. I'm in the Christmas mood. I got my Chevy Chase. Nice. Merry Christmas! Kiss
0: my ass. Yeah. That's there you good.
2: go. So, oh, yeah. happy hanukkah
0: kiss his ass kiss your ass and i'll tell you what i'm impressed with you pagan why because you went down you are pure philly man you were at the jim gardner tailgate yesterday that's it that's solid <laughs> solid work by you Big I'm J. serious i'm serious i you want to talk i recorded it because mm-hmm. i was in the middle i had a i had a um a meeting that i a zoom meeting that i couldn't that i missed at six o'clock broadcast i recorded it and then sat there and watched it after the fact that's how much i really wanted to see it and you were there and that's
1: boots on the ground baby just how just how jim garner wanted it i mean he was at the he was in the soviet union he's been probably in iraq he would want me boots on the ground and a bally kinwood target in the back right half (laughs) you know, tailgating with, with the other people of Philadelphia. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And and he came out and he said hi to everybody. And he shook hands. He, he didn't kiss any babies. He did kiss a dog. Um, and they took pictures with everybody and he's just shorter, shorter in person than I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. 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 He's a great, he's a great guy. Just a totally, I met him years ago for the first time. And, you know, of course I've had opportunities to you know be around him, you know, dozen times probably over my my career mm-hmm. uh just always been a gentleman and a real real sweetheart of a guy i mean he's going to be missed it's going to be different watching the news and not see him there it's just it's just odd especially for somebody who's been he's been there my entire life pretty much and uh so it's definitely going to be different
1: you yeah know Kev, i mean you've, you've always
0: had good uh thoughts on the on six abc hmm. what do you think about the
2: whole uh what do you think's next for them you know it's funny because i wrote that just like You know what's funny, man? Because sometimes when you do a story, you spend a lot of time working on it, and you think it's going to be good, and then nobody reads it. But then, (laughs) other times, you just barf some bullshit out of your head onto a page, and it gets like you know twenty thousand clicks or whatever. That was the case with that ABC article that I wrote. I guess in January, I think I think when he announced that, or when they announced that he was going to step back from the eleven and just do the six. But they've just enjoyed market dominance in Philadelphia like I've never seen before, man. And it was just and funny thing is that like there's no, they don't do anything fancy like they they're replacing Jim Guard they replaced a 40 year veteran at 11 p.m. with like a 30 year veteran and mm-hmm. then they replaced Jim at 6 with a guy who's been there for like what 15 years almost now you know like because they always just had this idea of like building talent in house and like bringing people in and letting them flourish nobody ever wanted to leave you know what i'm saying so every Maybe they should- every station was turning over talent like firing people laying people off and... Trying this bullshit like different desk or different mic flags or whatever. I'm like, yeah, Yo, you just gotta you gotta do what action news does, which is absolutely nothing at all. Same had Have they ever considered bringing in former Eagles to host? This
0: <laughs> they did. Uh, uh, Irving uh, Fryer. Right. <laughs> do you remember Irving Fryer working at Channel <laughs> Six? Uh, well, he no, he wasn't at six, though, was he?
2: No, Vi was at ten. But yeah, I mean right, there, yeah. there have been former Eagles that have yes, not not just WIP
0: uh, co-host, but yeah, they've done uh yeah, it's channel just channel six had tug McGraw yeah. and Irving Fryer yeah so they had a couple former athletes who yeah. worked for them yeah. yeah but
2: think about it like here's here's a perfect like example of that Jamie Apodi has been at Action News for what like more than 10 years oh well, it's
0: longer than that I right. it might be 20 close I still to 20 think now. of
2: Jamie Apodi as like the new person yeah you know you know what I'm saying because like was, they just had this like stable of people who have been there for forever but I, I love how they just they had this idea of like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like Jim Gardner comes on, he says this is the big story, and uh, you know then we're gonna get the news and the sports and the weather, and that's it, man. Like rinse and repeat because I you know like it works in Philly because Philly's such a parochial and old school town. People do the same shit here that they've been doing for forever. You know it's it's they're, why their it's why their song
0: works still yeah. today. Yeah. It yeah, was exactly. written in the seventies and it's still yeah. still played today, and people love it. Even the new generations love it, right? I mean, yeah.
2: you know what I learned from working in in (laughs) excuse me TV for a while it's like people don't even know really what channel they're watching they just like know Hmm. who the anchor is like because I used to say I'm like what do you watch do you watch like eyewitness news do you watch action news do you watch three six ten they're like we turn on Jim Gardner you know I mean they just tell you what anchor they watch, you know. They don't say they don't even know the difference between like the you know the brandings or whatever, you know. Don't tell the news directors that. But yeah, they're like, Well, we watch Jim Gardner at six, and then we watch like Yuki at eleven, you know, that's that's how people are, are
0: conditioned to think. Well, I, th- I think I think and Kev, tell me if you if you agree on this. I think the people who have been the icons in this town as far as news is concerned, and you just mentioned two of them with Jim and, and Yuki. Um I think that the reason that they are so successful is because when they deliver the news, you feel like it's a one-on-one conversation with them, right? That, yeah, yeah. Like, That they're just talking to you. They're not talking to the entire city, even though they are, but you feel like they're just talking to you. And I kind of always got the sense that the best people who at that understood this market, understood the people of, of Philadelphia, and were able to have that one-on-one conversation whereas some talking heads have come in here and thought that they were going to again like you said reinvent the wheel and or or kind of make it out to be like it's all about them yeah yeah and not worked not lasted because this city doesn't doesn't buy that they want that personal touch and that's why they felt such a connection to jim gardner uh, yeah because
2: they build like this trust you know or they trust the anchor you know he could be reading the biggest bullshit on the planet like (laughs) He could say the big story last night was a water main break. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Right. The big story. Water main break doesn't affect anybody outside of a three block radius of the water main break. But Jim Gardner (laughs) could sit there and say the big story tonight is that birds fly upside down when they when they fly over West Virginia because there's nothing worth shitting on. And then the people would be like, oh, I believe him. You know, Jim Gardner. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. It's like that's a funny thing, Ant, because a lot of the the anchors don't write their own copy. Now, I heard that Jim Gardner. Maybe you can confirm or not. I heard that for eleven o'clock, he wrote all of his own stories. I had heard I, the same thing. Okay, but for yeah. for everybody else, like when I worked in news, I wrote everybody's copy for him, so they would well, read my shit. So they literally just go up there and they read the teleprompter. It's like Ron Burgundy to extent. It's like somebody writes something for him. So they're not they're not journalists, but like they trust. They've developed a trust with the audience, so the audience says, "Okay, I believe there's credibility here because I know this guy and I like this guy."
0: You know, well, I think that the the anchors and the producers have to be pretty. Well, you know, in, in step with one another. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, Of course. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though, from your experience. And you don't have to say who or what, but unless you really want to. But how many of those anchors of that you were writing copy for would take the time before they go on air to read it, rehearse it, kind of run through it? And then how many of them were just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go on and read what's on the prompter?
2: not many but it was for two different reasons and it's like number one if you had enough trust with the anchor that they're like oh kevin's writing my stuff tonight like he always writes good stuff like i can go in blind doing it but right. at the same time yeah there were people who did not give a shit and you could have put like ron burgundy stuff up on there you could have said you could have left a question mark dangling at the end i'm ron burgundy right and they would have they read it like no no problem you know what i mean so yeah i don't know it's different for for different people but um yeah, none of them write their own copy. And you got to work with each different anchor, too, because they're all a little particular about what they're willing to read and whatnot. I write all this goofy shit now for Crossing Broad, so I try to push the limits as, as often as I could. I try to work like little jokes and stuff, and I try to be like lighthearted or whatever. And then my shit would always get edited. You know, it's like, this is the news. This isn't, you know, yeah. dead spin or whatever. This is, this,
1: is, uh, this is funny from Philly fan. Now that uh, he will, but does abc give
2: jim a 10-year (laughs) non-compete
1: like do you think there's actually still a non-compete in the contract there probably is yeah
2: Yeah. jim gardner going to like uh you know nbc would be has probably uh, the same percentage as mike messinelli going back to wip it's
0: zero point zero percent do you do you think that the other networks and i don't think it's going to matter but do you think the other networks look at this and say now's our chance no. Or do they do they get to sit there and go? Yeah, they're ABC, it's, ABC's just so good at this it doesn't matter. We're never going to catch them.
2: No, because the person replacing Jim Gardner has more experience than the person already at at you know mm. NBC or whatever. You know, Jim Rosenfield's leaving. Obviously, Yuki's been there for forever, but those kind of people don't exist in where there are no anchors. All the anchors that have been here for ten plus years. I mean, it's like Yuki and then everybody else at Action News. So their 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 B team, Action News' B team, has more experience than. Every other station's a team, you know. Yeah. I mean, they just sat there and they cultivated this town It's like, you know, next man up, yeah. Next man yeah, up. It's, you know? it's, it's right. I don't know
1: who's got a good feeder system, who's got a good farm system,
2: yeah. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, it's like the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, they don't know, you know, no, you know action news is like Alabama, they don't have rebuilding years, they're just <laughs> re shocked. <laughs> they reload they don't rebuild man there's no rebuild there's no <laughs> drafting for actualism. yeah
1: they got they got saving in there signing five star and four star recruits in the uh in, in some little home out in uh, the Malvern area. Cause everyone always comes back. Everyone always comes back. It's it's like you, you go to Topeka, Kansas, or you go to Walla Walla, Washington, and then you just come yeah. back. You Jillian meal, you go to Fox news. You're tired of uh, talking about yeah. Trump. Hey, let's go. Let's come back to uh, six ABC and got a and job. She's like a,
2: side, she's like a sidebar piece. You know what I mean? Like if, if you've poached anybody else from Fox or if somebody else from Fox came back, imagine if like Steve Doocy went back to wherever the fuck he's from. And then he was like, relevant. You think he's like, Oh, we got this big guy from Fox news. And then he's like, you're, seventh
0: guy on the, on the pecking <laughs> well, order you know let me ask you this question because I, I i don't i honestly don't know the answer to this are they all competitive as far as salary or does channel six pay better like do, like how does that is that a thing like is that why their people are willing to stay there for as long as they do to kind of eventually grow and get their chance no or, the
2: brand is just so respected and so popular it's like hey i made it i'm yeah. at action news i mean going to action news is like playing for the Yankees isn't it like I mean you're just happy to be there like that's 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 like the cream of the crop there yeah but I mean I I, guess still I I just wonder about financial like you know if it's different man they're they were you know they were privately owned I think and operated for a while right now they got you know Disney's obviously involved I think now but like you know and eyewitness news like New York was always up our ass and we were like heavily unionized and I don't know that's such a complicated thing but I think they I think all of the main anchors make good money It's, it's the same as radio though I mean the years of like like you know, people like Angela making a million dollars. Like those are those aren't, those don't exist anymore. You know, but I think the closest Anthony that anybody ever came to Action News, believe it or not, at least during my time in the business, was Alicia Lane and Larry Menti before they decided to punch a cop and hack each other's emails or whatever. <laughs> they 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 made a push, yeah, like they, 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 like Channel Three made a pretty good push at Action News, and then right after that happened, and <clears throat> Channel Three started to fall apart. NBC, if you remember, came in and put a, like a shit ton of money into the product, brought new anchors in, spent a lot of money, had, had a lot of crews going around. And so for a long time, Action News was one and NBC was number two. But I mean, there's been some pushes and some like individual wins in different hours. But otherwise, I mean, like Action News is pretty much one like across the board and all the all the main day part. It's it's incredibly impressive. You know, what's funny, too, is that they don't I've got this thing here. You know, we all get these. Everybody's got one of these. Three. Hey, look at that. You got an Emmy. Congrats, Action man. News. There's people don't know. Action News doesn't enter into those, they, well, don't, they don't let their people apply for mid Atlantic awards. So it's like
1: the interact, and they won't be in the state playoffs with like the PCL and the Public League because they yeah, think they're better yeah. than us. Oh, you know what it is? It's like I
2: have this thing, but um, I won the Big Ten as Iowa and I didn't have to play Ohio State. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my you, you, you won play. the Big Ten West. Yeah, I won the Big Ten West. Yeah. 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 This this award has uh, Northwestern written all over it. You know, yeah, I mean?
1: you're yeah, you're Pat Fitzgerald winning, yeah, Northwestern and, and just patting your
2: resume. You didn't and have it. to play Penn State or Michigan,
0: right? Yeah. And there's a there's a good point. It's funny, like like I don't want to steal you, are the host of this, Kyle, so I don't want to steal your thunder here, but you know, Cooney's gonna be coming on in a bit and he just sent us a little t- a message about uh, Larry Menti and Renee Chenault actually winning an eleven book eleven o'clock book. Coming out of NBC's primetime lineup, I think that's what makes Channel 6 even that much more impressive because ABC has never really had that dominant primetime lineup leading into the 11 o'clock news.
2: Yeah, yeah lead in is important. Yeah. You know,
0: and, and, yeah. and I mean, NBC had it for years. NBC carried Thursday nights. That was the big comedy night, right? And they they had all the those for for years and years and years. Yeah, and then yeah. CBS, when reality shows were popular, CBS had a big lead in with, with the reality show nights and, and, and stuff. And ABC was always just kind of there. And then yet everybody would flip to action news instead mm. of just stay on the channel that they're watching.
2: Which is crazy. Pretty, the research, yeah, the market research shows like most people just typically just leave on whatever they have. That's why, whenever you know how the Super Bowl rotates between Fox and ABC yeah, yeah. and NBC and CBS. So, when we would get it every four years or whatever it was, I mean, the share, the market share was ridiculous. But you know, the game would end. They'd have like post game or whatever, they'd shove some stupid new show they were trying to promote into that hour, like Blue Bloods. Here's the first episode of Blue Bloods or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then like our news would come on at like one in the morning or, or midnight or whatever. And you'd still get like a bazillion listeners because they probably just left the damn TV on, you know, <laughs> went out to smoke a cigar or whatever. They're drinking a beer. It's like, oh yeah, I left the TV on. But I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, most people don't touch remote. People would actively go hunting for action news just because that's what they knew, man. That's crazy. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see market dominance like that. At like ever again, probably. Yeah. There's a station in Atlanta called WSB that does really well. It's kind of like an action news, but you know, you had good, you had good people at other stations in this market who just could not even like sniff action news jock straps.
1: So, All right. As long, you know. as long as I want to talk about the local news for an entire hour, I do have to drive the conversation. <laughs> we have to drive the conversation away from Sorry, you.
0: sorry for that, that tangent there. That took 20 minutes. <laughs>
1: Also, I've seen a couple of people in the chat be like, hey, what the fuck does Kyle have all over his lip? I'm a big cold sore guy, baby. I'll have this for the next week. So you yeah. know what? Get used to it over here, all right? Herpes simplex one. It's hereditary. Don't get any fucking ideas out there, all right? Um Gardner Minshew, officially the starter. And you know what? I know I know I have no I have no other uh reason, but I've by what I've officially bought in i mean there are rumors already that the ball didn't hit the ground in practice yesterday he's eulogizing his old coach kevin you touched on that for monday he worked out all summer in a in a converted prison van Mm -hmm. do you remember last year when he won in new york and he walked into nick sirianni's office said hey what do i got to do to be qb1 (laughs) and nick sirianni told him absolutely you you could you could light the world on fire jack shit you will never be qb1 now No. This dude, I think he's ready for, for Christmas Eve. I, I didn't hear a lot about this, but I forgot. He's playing for a contract basically next year. He's gonna be a free agent that next free year. Agent. And and I kind of feel like an asshole for uh for getting uh, the Dallas Cowboy the Dallas Cowboys at minus three and a half when the uh when the line was going to a total free fall when we were wondering what the uh what the news was. But listen, the birds got eight pro bowlers, they've got nine alternates. This is a good team. Gardner yeah. Minshew doesn't turn the ball over and whatnot. You said it first, Kevin, your article. I don't think anyone would be shocked if he goes out and throws four touchdowns on Saturday. I, I think that's how we're lining up here. We've seen it before with A.J. Philly. We've seen it before with Coy Detmer. We've seen it before with Nick Foles and Jeff Garcia. Garcia. He's Garcia. our baby. So yeah. how
2: do you feel about uh, Saturday night? I feel fine. I feel good. You know, I got as much confidence in Gardner Minshew as anybody, right? Like I say, it on Tuesday, though, on our Rational Tuesday show, I just think the big talking point or the big focus is that the offense is going to have to be different, right? You know, cause there was so uh, ironically, it's, it's the stuff that got Jalen hurts hurt is probably going to come out of the playbook on for this game. Not, the averages, not because they hey, don't want to Gardner averages five yards to carry. Well, he's not a, he's not, um you know, who's a white stiff. Uh, he's not Christian Hackenberg. Martin you know I mean? like he, can, he, he can scoot if he has to, but yeah, I mean, he came from an air raid offense. So you know, and his his touchdown to interception ratio, college NFL. I mean, so it's, it's good. I mean, remember he he took the job from Nick Foles in Jacksonville. Like he's he's no joke, right? And um, you know Dallas guy Dallas guy, like we were saying, has played some of his best football with mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew there because he just he loves targeting the, the tight ends too, and he's got better talent, better receiving talent this year than he did last year. So why why not? I mean, the Cowboys are coming off a loss. And they barely beat the Texans too. I don't, I don't. I don't see why. You know, if I was a betting man, which I'm, which I am, I would. I would take the six points. I would take Ait, six points, Absolutely.
1: And what do you think? As you're sitting around the holiday ham, you've got the sweet potatoes off to your left. You've got the mash off to the right. Got a little green bean casserole right in front of your filling up your plate. It's about halftime of the game. What's the score?
0: I th- I think the bet of the of the week. Is taking the over in this game. Hmm. Um, if I'm in if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm not worried about the offense. I think that they could still put up points. Like Kev just said, Minshew is a legit guy at quarterback. There's a world of talent around him. Um, I just think that they're gonna be A little bit of concern. I think Dallas can do the same. I think Dallas can put up, they have two running backs who can run the ball. They have a decent off. I'm not a big Dak guy, but he's not terrible, right? I mean, it's let's be fair. You don't think he's ass?
2: Like,
1: LaShawn, I don't think he's ass.
0: He's not ass.
2: (laughs) Uh, Is that legitimate analysis, by the way? Should he be allowed to say ass on?
1: See, where does where does analysis start and where does it end? Because now I feel like in today's world, people love that LeSean McCoy clip. But back in like 20 years ago, like that would get him fired off of FS1. But then you kind of look at it and you're like, at the, at the same time, I'm going to need LeSean McCoy. And if I do watch FS1, I don't know who does. But if I do watch FS1, I'm going to kind of have to believe that LeSean McCoy has a good analysis and actually has
2: like kind of the best interest in mind. Or is just like a dog and pony circus show? Yeah. yeah. Well, I know a man who can comment on that. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Kevin Cooney. Do you think that calling somebody ass is legitimate commentary on national television?
3: Well, it's FS1. Nobody's watching. It's like a tree falling in a forest at that point. But yeah, look, it's I, I personally wouldn't do it. I liked it. Kev, you, you've known me long enough. i like to think I have a higher standard. But yeah, Lashawn McCoy. Are you surprised Lashawn McCoy called somebody ass on television?
2: No, no, we would call somebody ass on crossing broad, you know, but I don't, I, I expect, uh, well, it is shady after all, you know,
3: Mm -hmm. it's a network with Colin coward on five days a week. What do you expect?
2: Colin coward. Yeah. Not a Colin coward guy, Kev.
3: I I would love Colin to be right one time. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's very true. Yes. You can, you can actually go through the record of of stuff that's verifiably wrong.
3: One of my favorite things is actually, uh, Funhouse is the one Twitter account they used to follow Francesca and make fun of Francesca all the time. He's now turned his sights on Coward and just absolutely rips Coward every day yeah. um, on stuff Coward gets wrong and then pretends he gets right later on.
1: Well, yeah. well,
3: great.
2: Funhouse, Funhouse, like was I think Francesca went after Funhouse pretty hard.
3: Yeah, sued
2: him. Tried to, him, get, tried to it's like sue him or tried to get him take taken down or something
3: because like he using clips,
1: right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: but but was Colin Cowherd not wrong? Backwards hat on Carson Wentz. Can't be a good quarterback. And now look at him. He's going to be on his fourth team in four years.
3: Yeah. Okay. He was great right on that. But it took and then he also said that Carson Wentz was the greatest thing ever in year two. So, you know, like all of us, he threw cr-
2: enough shit at the wall. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You throw crap against the wall and occasionally you're right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Kevin, my
3: career, to be honest.
2: <laughs> what's uh what's good man what are you doing you, you're teaching and you got and you did some did you do a shift on the fanatic the other weekend
3: i'm teaching uh at maritime charter high school they like when uh, i pull i plug them uh i'm doing some ap freelance uh i was next to anthony the other night on the flyers i did the sixers last night and uh i'm doing a couple shifts over the holidays here for 97.5 doing uh gargano shift tomorrow with d line and uh, then next week, I'm filling in either for or on that ten to two or the two to six shift most of the week.
2: Okay, I have a very very important question for you, and I okay. may have to pull. I may have to pull up the map here and send it to uh, Craig so he can pull it up here. Um, that neighborhood, the location of your school,
3: yes, um, has the worst ever. Yes, what
2: is what is the name of that neighborhood?
3: See, I always refer to it because I'm old. Uh, and Kyle has reminded me of that a couple times About my uh, use of screenshots Thank you Kyle you? no,
1: Your you're, you're deep fried gif that one time
3: Oh well it's cool I brought it up actually just hitting the the gif button on, on my phone That's all I did you're, you're actually giving me credit that I was able to generate something Kyle yeah.
1: So anyone that doesn't know is Kevin posted A Ben Simmons gif It was the one of him passing to Matisse Thibel Against the Hawks series I couldn't even tell if it was Trey Young, I couldn't tell if it was Matisse Thibault, I couldn't tell if it was Ben Simmons because it was just so deep. It looked like it went through a deep fryer. It and-
3: was definition, yes. Okay, I get it. In an HD world, yes,
1: it looked like it was recorded on my
2: Motorola Razor from early 2000s. <laughs> Don't, knock
3: it. Don't knock it, man. <laughs>
2: and here, here we are. Also, we have uh, we have mended fences, as you can tell. So let me let me narrate this and explain this for people who have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. There is a there is a little neighborhood on the other side of Aramingo mm-hmm. uh, and, and Lehigh that is technically now I lived in this neighborhood for a couple years. I didn't know what to call it. Some people call it fishtown, but it's not really fishtown. Some people call it Kensington. It's not really Kensington. Some, Some people call it Port British. Richmond, but it's not because you got the train tracks that are blocking it. So um I think Port Fishington, I heard one person call it. And the only, <laughs> only time I ever heard that, but uh, does this, is there an actual name? for the neighborhood that is like behind stocks bakery.
3: Well, you look, you look, you worked at TV news. I would say whatever you named it, it pretty much became that if you put on put graphics, because I always used to freak out. I heard your comment on, uh, I heard your comment about like local news and how people just watch it. I used to find the the thing that used to drive I me mean, nuts about local news was they would say like Wisconoming and it would be like Academy Park or something like that. It would be like way off on the line neighborhoods. So I think it's whatever you name it is pretty much whatever you name it. At
2: this point. yeah, people would get really defensive too. Like I used to live in like uh, they called it Graduate Hospital. Locals called it Grad Hospital. And my assignment manager would be like, there's no such thing as graduate hospital. Graduate hospital doesn't exist. Like, I don't know. I live there, man. That's what we call it. So I don't yeah. like, you know, and you get people get all people get all defensive about this uh, shit anyway. Like, no, this is my neighborhood. That's not your neighborhood. Have you know,
1: the Fishtown Northern Liberties fight. Oh, yeah. I tell people I live in old Kensington. They go, no, you live in Northern
2: Liberties. I don't think you live in Northern Liberties. I don't think of anything in that area being Northern Liberties. but it's just funny how it's like, this is like, this is what makes me laugh too about the Sixers in Chinatown thing too, because like we said, it's not, it's going to affect Chinatown. The arena is going to affect Chinatown. It's not, it's not in Chinatown. You know what I mean? It's why, it's why these like, it's, it's it's funny. Cause like on a serious note, like, you know, if, if there's actually like real boundaries that were recognized by the city or something, then it would make this all easier. But anyway, back to sports. Um,
3: I, I by the way, uh, can I can I weigh in on the uh, Chinatown Sixer thing? Of course, of course. Please, please build that arena. Please, please. Thank you, Josh Harris. I need that Wells. I need the Wells Fargo Center to go away. I need Wells Fargo Center to go away quickly.
1: Okay, why are you not a Wells Fargo guy?
3: Well, all right, and Anthony can state this uh, for the media. It's awful. Okay. okay, I think there's no charm in the place. It is without a doubt the dullest arena I've ever been in in my life. It, it just it, and they haven't won anything there. I mean, so at this point, I, I it would just be a symbol of moving on. It, it was, it, it just re it's like getting like a 1997 Oldsmobile and upgrading it to like an SUV of 2023 at this point. But,
1: but think of all the allure in there, you know, the wings games. Oh. Oh please! Game seven lost the the wing bowls that have been there before. Oh, like, are you really gonna
3: that montage is gonna bring a tear to my eye? Yeah,
1: it's are you gonna
3: really got, uh, uh, Oh, the Oh, uh, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, the, well, seriously, the, the even the NCAA tournament games there stunk.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know it's funny too, and this has kind of been we didn't even really get into this topic. Um, when we were talking about the arena, but they put a ton of money into it, right? I actually think that the arena looks is like nice now for the fan experience. Um, the media perspective sucks ass; it's a terrible place to work, but nobody cares about us, right? No, so I
3: agree. It's
2: about the fan, but you know, they put a lot of money into this place, and one of the reasons for doing that was because they wanted to entice the Sixers to stay. You know, because they're the, renters; they're tenants.
0: It wasn't the. It wasn't one of the reasons. It was the reason.
2: Well, that was probably
1: yeah. You're right.
0: It was the. It's not, they. They know the Flyers fans don't give a shit. Flyers right. fans just want to go and watch the game. They don't yeah, care. Flyers
1: fans do. would go to an empty rink in Delco. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's they right. Don't they don't
2: need that The Flyers fans are not going to the game to get the vegetarian sandwich and the poke bowl or whatever we were talking right. about a couple of shows <laughs> ago. Right. They don't give a shit. The Delco crowd is not eating like Asian fusion in section two fifteen. Right. But th- that that that. You know, splitting it off from from that is yeah, is this one of the main sticking points, right? Because because when the Sixers leave, inevitably they'll leave. If they don't go to Market East, they're going somewhere else, right? So this is a foregone conclusion, as as we all know. But yeah, I mean, you're gonna have the Flyers and you're gonna have the Wings and like, you know, frozen on ice, right? And uh,
3: yeah. well, and Kev, here's the other part: like, what concert's gonna want to play the old arena? In a sense, if you have a shot that you could play a new arena or an older or old arena you're going to play the new arena. It, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. The NCAA tournament is going to the new arena. Everything that has like some value in the city, if they ever decide to get a political convention again, it's going to go to the new arena, especially if it's downtown.
2: Yeah, that's true. And they should get And that, you know, if you had, you know, other marquee basketball matchups, if you wanted to have a big five game in there, if you wanted to have like Newman Garetti playing somebody in the city championship, you could do it there. If there's a push for a WNBA team, they could play it there, you know? You're right. It's gonna be. There's gonna be competition between the Sixers arena and and
3: they'll lose parking revenue and they'll lose the concessions. They'll lose a ton if the Sixers end up getting their own place.
0: So the 2023 mayoral election is really going to dictate yeah. a lot of this, right? I mean, we, we know that, right? And you know, I mean, if Alan Ginn gets goes in and wins, it it's going to get killed. It's not going to end up there. Yeah. So your alternate locations for it. And one that I keep hearing is a, a, a you know a dark horse spot is not too far from where the Wells Fargo Center is, and that would be the Navy Yard.
2: Yeah,
1: we're just going to build it further <laughs> to the suburbs and further away from the people who are like from like Montgomery and Bucks and
3: and less public and less public transit yeah. infrastructure too. Let's point yeah. out
1: with a yeah, with they- a with a subway system that doesn't even go that far. Yeah. So this is this is what I think my dark horse candidate is. I think they would love for the stadium to get killed. And they're like, you know what? You don't want it here. We're going to move it over to Camden. Just just imagine the amount of stuff that they could do in Camden. They could revitalize. Yeah. They've already re- revitalized the waterfront. They could revitalize every single neighborhood in there. I went there to a concert in the summertime. I probably hadn't been to a concert before high school, probably about 10, 12 years ago before that. I, I couldn't believe how much has changed on the waterfront due to them, American water and everybody else that is still there. I mean, they could definitely revitalize that. And I think, you know, in the back of their mind, I don't think Josh Harris and, and Blitzer and, and David Edelman would, would really care if, if
2: they went over to uh Candid. Well, and that's a, that's a, you know, Helen Gim, if she does win mayor, I think he, she has to be um, aware of the optics of, you know, what it would mean if the, they lost the Sixers entirely, mm-hmm. you know, and if they left the city and they went somewhere else, I don't think that's what you want for sure. Um, You know, how much do you weigh a win in moving it away from, quote unquote, the Chinatown area to them just packing up and moving to to Camden? Right. I don't know how you how you weigh those two things. But uh, I've just like observed in general, like these top when people write about the arena or people share opinions about the arena, it just seems to fall on very basic lines of like people who don't care about sports, who aren't basketball fans, who are just ambivalent or whatever. They think the arena is a bad idea. And the people who are sports people say, yeah, why not? You know, I mean, of course, there are Sixers fans and other people who say, well, you can just what's wrong with staying where you are? But, you know, the people who don't care about sports are just default to this knee jerk thing of like, oh, it's going to be bad for the neighborhood. Like you don't fucking know anything about that. You just you're not a sports person. And so you think, oh, sports Sixers, this is bad. You know, there's a very surface level basic. There's no depth to the argument at all. You know, so I would just like to see a little more.
3: I don't know. And, and I think it's different. Everybody goes back to when the Phillies uh, you know, down Street tried to shoehorn the Philly stadium in the Chinatown area, and that was an awful idea. But you're talking a lot of differences. One, it's 45,000 seats as opposed to 20, okay, which is yeah. what the arena would be. Yeah. Uh, the parking situation, not as severe. Uh, you're talking also time of the year in a sense of, uh, basketball is pretty much a mainly winter sport where your tourists, your tourist influx is not as great as opposed to in the middle of summer when in theory, the city has its height of the tourist season. So yeah, it's not it's not going to be as crowded. I do think it can work. and also you know, Anthony and I have been in cities and, and Kevin and, and, and Kyle, I'm sure you guys have. when you go to a center city arena or stadium, it's so much better. It's so much different. You get to enjoy the entire experience and it does something for the businesses around it. I know that you can find ec- an economist who would say it doesn't. It does. And especially in this city right now, where, you know, we talked about the Big Five, you know, Big Five among sports writers. We talked a lot about, well, what's going on with the Big Five? And they point to that, that double header thing out at the Palestra a couple weeks ago. One, it was poorly advertised. Mm-hmm.
2: Two, I didn't even know it was happening. I didn't even know that they were doing it that night.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Two, and, and Arthur Johnson with a completely ridiculous statement, but I'll, I'll yeah. save that for another time. Two, people from, Big Five is made up of a lot of people from the suburbs. Okay, a lot of college graduates who move out to the suburbs. They're not exactly feeling great about coming into West Philly on a Tuesday on a Tuesday night and maybe staying until 1130 because they've heard a lot on local news about how, you know, that area is not the safest in the world. Yeah. I think that's a major point. I think when you get a new arena and you could have them drop off at the door or literally come up the stairs and be there and it there's more action around it does feel like it's a little bit better of a plan at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's very real. You know, regardless of whether the city is safe or not safe, the perception that it is not is very is, is very prevalent, you know. Mm-hmm. And as you as you three well know that you know perception you know is it, it that reality is whatever it's what per, people perceive that's that's gonna rule the day right so i think that's a certainly something to 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 take into consideration with that i do want to switch gears real quickly while i have ant here i do want to ask you man it, it, can you elaborate for me because my take on tortorella bitching at the media <laughs> um, about the kevin hayes thing i thought was weird because he came out and said that um That the media is trying to pit him and Hayes against each other when my basic interpretation of what was made public was just he benched his point leader. The media asked him about it and was just, you know, doing basic queries here.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess.
2: Oh, no. no, Did you unplug yourself here?
3: Anthony has never sounded better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. No, here, yeah, I think you may have to reset it now after you unplugged yourself. Hang on. Here, wait. Hold on. Yeah, you might it. have to go into the settings and make sure your your audio is up after you unplugged it. Try now. Try this now, is, Ant. Yeah. This is to ensure. This is torts coming you can hear in. Me now, me now or no?
1: Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh, go there, ahead.
2: Now I can't hear you. Oh no. Uh, you there want to, difficulties what, here? Do you want
1: Kevin hey. Cooney's interpretation of it?
3: Yeah, I'm. My thing is that I think Torts – this is my – Anthony, nod if you think I'm right or not, okay? <laughs> um, my opinion is that Torts was trying to put the genie back in the I'm bottle. Log,
0: log out and log back in. All right, okay. that's Go
2: ahead. Solution. Okay, log out log back log in. Log
3: back in. Yep. yeah. I, I think Torts was trying to put the genie back in the bottle. I think he realizes that he felt the case situation was over. And when Sam asked them the question, I think it was a natural instinct of, all right, I just don't want to talk about it. I'm not gonna do this every night. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, it's the one misstep I think Tortorella's had to this point, uh, with the media.
2: Because you can't be lobbed any more of a softball than that. You no. Know? And the entire question was like, Hey, uh, you know, Wade Allison, what did you think of his game? He came back from injury, and what did you think of Kevin Hayes' game too? And all you I- had to do, all you had to do, Kevin, was just say. He's fine. Hazy was good. Looked good out
3: there. You know, the end just the generic. He could have diffused it. Instead. He got a little defensive and all that. I found it interesting that Hayes was actually one of the guys they brought the flyers brought out that night. And he looked like a guy who basically had been called to the principal's office at that point. <laughs> and it was like, he had, he had little interest in being there and, you know, it, it's going to resolve itself at the trade deadline. I get this feeling. But yeah, yeah, Yeah.
2: I don't know. I just I
0: wouldn't let Anthony, are you back with us, man?
2: Yep, I can hear you guys. All right. I will toss it to you then.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's it's a unique situation. Um, And I just I caught just the end there of what of what Kev was saying. And I don't disagree, but I want to kind of dive into that, too, because I I feel like my my colleagues kind of they asked for him to be there. And then, after Tortorella basically said, You guys are trying to pit us against each other.
3: Then back off. Yeah. No
0: one then, no one asked that question. Yeah. To Kevin Hayes. No one asked it. Like, I, was, I mean, I wasn't writing that story. So I was not interested in asking that yeah. question. But they asked for him to be there. And I'm standing there and I'm looking around and no one asked. And so I said, uh, And I asked the first two questions because I was like, All right, well, we got him here and this is kind of awkward. So I'll ask him about the team and about Travis Connectney.
1: Does Torch think he can bully the guys, bully the media? Is that And that's kind of like a tactic of his?
0: I, I mean, maybe. Maybe I mean, a little bit. He kind of bit. created that uh, so, that narrative. I think it so was let's, a fair narrative. Let's dive into two things here to, to, to really kind of answer Kev's question. I think Torch botched his answer when he was asked the question about Hayes. He he probably really wanted to lash out at Sam Carciti and did not do so and got himself kind of caught in between and so that was the response he gave but the fact is is they have been asking him about it at practice every day so it is a repeat question that does keep coming up and Sam is notorious for being the guy who will ask that question every day until it's resolved right I mean and that's him you know saying I'm doing my job and that's fair um what is not known here and I'll put it out there for everybody is we had this thing back a month and a half ago when they were in Columbus and Kev, you wrote about it um, when he didn't come out to talk. If you remember, Tortorella just blew off the post game press conference, sent the assistant coach Brad Shaw out to talk. Um, And then the next morning wouldn't give Sam an answer to the question as to why he didn't come out and talk. Well, there was a um, complaint made to the national hockey league that likely impacted John Tortorella's wallet. Mm -hmm. And as a result, uh, when that certain someone like Sam asks questions, you're going to get short answers. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) That, that really aren't answers that are going to give you much of anything. So Um, uh, go ahead, Kev.
3: No. And Anthony, I should point out every coach has that guy. Yeah. Every guy, every every coach has that guy who annoys the hell out of him. Yeah. Um, I think I was Sandberg's guy. Actually, now I think of it.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh my God! Yeah, right. Sandberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> that's why he just up and quit. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why he beefed out. I like, I okay, no more. Like, had this <laughs> Kevin Cooney
3: uh, no, I would not take credit for that. Um, I, I, can I throw can I throw one little uh, anecdote story on Sandberg here for a second? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. My buddy, John Finger, who used to work at Comcast Sportsnet, right? We're sitting in a dugout in spring training, uh, Sandberg's first year, right? And we're trying to get Sandberg to lighten up a little bit, you know? And Anthony, you've been a part of those, Like, you, you, you talk a little on the BS side and everything, just to get to know each other, because it's a long season. You want to be able to laugh and all that. And uh Finger turns to him and goes, Hey, heard you play golf with Bill and Murray. And Sandberg goes, Yeah. He goes, uh Bet you have a lot of funny stories, you know, about he goes, yeah, go marry. Funny guy like that, literally. And just like the rest of the rest of time was like, oh, my God, this is such a pain to get through. Nice man. But oh, my God, it was boring as hell. Like hey. pulling
2: teeth to get anything interesting out of him. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Well, that um, <clears throat> it's a good segue, actually, because I know you guys wanted to. Uh, you, you wanted to talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame voting. Right. So the ballots are coming out. People are in the process of submitting ballots now. Uh-oh. Um, is that, that yours, your Kev? That's fine. Kev's a voter. Yeah. Can you can you give us
1: a little taste? Or
3: uh, I am a I'm actually revealing it on I think Tuesday morning uh, yeah. on ninety seven yeah. five. Ten to two. What a tease! the Cro- big crossing, reveal.
1: Crossing yeah. broadcast isn't enough for you. It's got to be the major markets.
3: No, uh, the, the but, but, is but slightly we, bigger. So. But,
0: but that's all right. No, but that's fine. But we you can say this without saying who you voted for. You mm-hmm. can say you voted for several candidates,
3: correct? I have nine on my ballot.
0: Okay. Whew. Hey, nine. the anti-Dan
2: Gelston.
3: Exactly. Yeah. That's what started this conversation the other night. So.
2: Yeah, you can vote for up to 10.
3: You can vote up for 10. I have voted. Use I think the fewest number I've ever voted for is seven. Wow. And, and I have a little strategy on mine. Uh, I know nine guys are not going to get in the Hall of Fame. I believe most of my guys are worthy of being in the Hall of Fame. I also vote to keep some guys above the ballot because there's the 5% rule that, it, you know, a guy like Jimmy Rollins last year, who I was worried about being in that 5% territory. And I think Jimmy finished around eight or nine. Um,
2: yeah. And just for, so people, for people who don't know, in order to stay on the ballot, I, you, you have, have to have, have at least 5%. 5% of
3: the ballot. So I made sure that Jimmy, ha- look, I think Jimmy's a Hall of Famer. I think Jimmy should be a Hall of Famer. So there's one one of my nine, if you can figure it out. Um, Jimmy is a Hall of Famer because he was the premier defensive shortstop in the National League his entire career. And he's a former MVP. And he's a catalyst of a, a world championship team and one of the better teams in the last 20 years. Um, so I vote for him. And I believe that he, he belongs in. Uh, there there's some guys. Billy Wagner was a guy I originally voted just to kind of keep on the ballot. Who has gotten momentum as people kind of look at his stats deeper and deeper, um, and that's part of my philosophy. Why I have such a big ballot sometimes,
0: and that's fair. Uh, I'm of the mindset that if you if you look at it, that you should not be that, that this should be a, a vote based on a player's career individually, right? Obviously. And you don't necessarily have to compare him to the other people on the ballot. I think a lot of voters look at it from that perspective and say, well, who's most worthy on this ballot? I look at it and say, is a guy a Hall of Famer or is he not a Hall of Famer? And I understand why you would feel the need to do that strategy because they have that 5% thing. But I don't think that the vote should be about strategy. I don't, And I understand why you're doing it. I think you make very valid points. But I don't think that that's what we should – like I look at – if I look at the fifth, you know, of 30 players on the ballot, I mean, probably not going to look at all 30 because we know that there's guys on there who are absolutely not Hall of Famers, all right? So you, you really could just toss them out. But if you look at, you know, the 10, 12 guys who you can make a case for, 15, whatever it is, and then you really, really study them, after you do it the one time, like it's like, okay, uh, yeah, this guy's a Hall of fame. No, nope, this guy's not. This guy's close, but he's not. Whatever the case might be. How does that change from one year to the next? Well, I'll tell you how it changed. Okay. In, my, in my, like, if it, for me or for you as a voter,
3: when you had a backlog of the steroid guys, okay, the way that we did when it was you know uh, uh, Bonds and Clemens and Sosa and McGuire and all that, and you would talk. There were some years that yeah, you know, there were there were thirteen guys you could have legitimately voted for, okay, and you're trying to parse out who belongs on and who doesn't. That's kind of, and you have a ten ballot limit. You can vote for up to ten, okay? So you have to be strategic about the ten you voted for at that point. And I kind of keep that in mind. Um, you know, it, it, it it's a little less dawning now without Bonds and Clemens kind of hanging over the whole thing, and McGuire and Sosa are not on the ballot. You still have Manny and A Rod and all that, but um, it's not as Overwhelming, as um as it used to be, but I still kind of maybe that mindset will change on my mind as we go deeper and deeper into this. I only have a few more years. I think I'm eligible to vote. Um, so yeah,
1: they they do they age you out or they price you out? Like what what happened?
3: So the rule is now that you you have it used to be you had it for the rest of your life. Well, there were a lot of people who, quite honestly, had not covered a baseball game in 30 years who were voting for the Hall of Fame. And so, Cooper, to kind of narrow the voting block and everything, they made it where 10 years after you lose your BBW card. um, Baseball writers. Baseball writers Association of America, who's in charge of the voting. 10 years after you're not covering the sport full time, you probably will lose your vote. Uh, You can still petition to keep it. Uh, I think I probably won't. Uh, Not that I don't love it, but it, it does... It does become, you know, it's work. I mean, I, I basically sat three days and looked at the ballot, and you you know doodle, and you look every number up, and you try to keep an informed opinion on it. I wish I wrote it this hard. I wish I thought this much about like congressional leaders as much as I do about the baseball. <laughs> came from that.
1: or yeah, or election you know, candidates. I wish we did. I mean, yeah. I guess we do. We do. Uh, we do argue over election cans and whatnot, but I feel like the baseball voting hall of fame is definitely the one where people take it most to heart. I mean, there's things on Twitter that track every single ballot and everything. I got this one written by Kev about a guy in Canada named uh, Jeff Blair from Sports Setup in Canada. And he Canada, right. Yeah, and he did a thing where he only had an arbitrary number. He would he would he would vote for four guys. Mm-hmm. And he vote for, and he 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 was a steroid guy and he was okay with it. But one year he took Manny Ramirez off his ballot for Bonds, Clemens, David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez. Do you think there should be an arbitrary number? Like you're, you're, you have up to 10 now.
3: No, I think in a perfect world, Anthony's philosophy is right. He's either a Hall of Famer or not. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cut and dry, black and white.
3: Cut and dry, black and white. And honestly, at that point, you know, it's up or down and, and all that. But that's not the way the process works because of the arbitrary number. That the Hall of Fame has said the all, the Hall of Fame has given us no guidance on this at all.
1: What would you do to improve the process?
3: I would, I would have the, I would basically, I have, I have hoped that the, the look, I'll, I'll give the Baseball Writers Association credit that they've tried to make it where everybody reveals their ballots. It used to be this secret. You don't have to. In fact, the rule is, uh, you don't have to reveal your ballot, and. They kind of frown on it before the TV show that announces it. Um, But I I believe that you should, you know, if you have the courage to do this, you should come forward and have accountability. I think that should be one. I would make it where everybody can vote. You know, you vote up or down and Hall of Famer, not Hall of Famer. And if you get 10 percent of the vote, you stay on the ballot. And if you don't, you know, you're gone.
2: Well, here's the thing, like very generically. Let me make a comparison here with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um i think the fewer guidelines that you have obviously the more it lends itself to people just making up their own rules
3: right on which, doing it on their own. Which, I, which i had to do with the steroid era yeah
2: yeah so like how do you how do you parse that you know when they're not giving you like um you know everybody has to have then their own opinion they have to make their own decision on the steroid guys because there's no guidance from above it's like the rock and roll hall of fame that has like rappers in it you know, but I can't get like Finn Lizzie in the rock and roll Hall of Fame, even though, like, right, you know, Anita Baker or some shit is in there. You know, she was great, by the way, but I, you know, I'm just making up names, pulling names out of a hat here. You know, like Anita
3: Baker week, apparently, between you and, and Jalen this week. And
2: that's why it came to my head because he was talking about <laughs> it. There. I no, I forget who it is. It's like Aretha Franklin or somebody ridiculous is in like the rock and roll.
3: Dolly Hall Parton game. just went in the rock and roll Hall of Fame. Dolly Parton, yeah, she was saying
2: no, she did a duet with Halford at the uh, the thing or whatever, but anyway, back no to the Dave point. Matthews. No, Dave Matthews though. That well, you, but guess what? You can see him every single year in Camden if you want to live. <laughs> you should so. have to be retired from touring for five years. You're exactly right. You're <laughs> yeah, d- yeah, which will never happen. But here's the thing, Kevin. It's okay. like, right? I, I don't, I don't know what the better way is to do it. Do, do you have the people above narrow the criteria to make to help people make informed decisions, or you just keep doing the wild, wild West routine where everybody just makes up their own shit and has their own philosophy? On
3: see, it? in a lot of ways, I want the I want a narrowing of the I want the Hall of Fame to come out and say what they want. And I did not the first couple of years vote for Bonds and Clemens, and I decided to vote for Bonds and Clemens after one event happened, and that was Bud Selig being elected into the Hall of Fame by the Veterans Committee or that that side little committee. Okay, yeah. and Joe Torrey and Tony Larusa and all them. Here were guys who benefited from those steroid guys. Okay, Selig with the sports growth. Tory and and La Russa both knew they had people in their locker room who were using it, Mm -hmm. and they benefited. So how am I keeping Bonds and Clemens out, who were never – one, it was kind of not illegal within the sport. It was illegal in society at that point. It was unpoliced. They turned the blind eye, and yet they're in, and the guys who made all the money and who did all this, who didn't quite – you may have known what the, the the landscape was, but everybody else was doing it. I, I I had to put them in at the same time. Now, I do have a different criteria for Rodriguez and and um. I'm tipping my hand here.
2: Uh, I have a get question. the whole list before the end of the yeah, show. Kyle. I think this is what we do. We
1: lo- we lull you into a false sense of security, <laughs> and you just
2: give us your list.
3: And Kyle have like this, like Putin, like in- interrogation tactic going. Yeah, it's the cold um, sort. Yeah, I'm just staring into it. It's like Molly and Austin Powers. So bad. Um, so hold bad. on. So, uh, Arizm Ramirez since they failed test or since they were suspended because of it, I have a different standard. Okay. You saw the sport get dragged through the mud, go through a congressional committee. You're not getting my vote. You're not. And especially Manny who failed three times. I mean, come on. Did you vote
1: for Ortiz last year?
3: I did because he never officially failed the test.
1: So so that's what I want to ask. How much is it officially like a popularity contest and how much is it like, well, you know, this guy did steroids, that guy did steroids, but this guy did steroids, but was never actually suspended. Is it is it kind of like if a rod and bonds were those guys? Well, bonds never officially suspended everything, but they had the whole Balco case and everything. Right. Same with kind of uh, well, A Rod was suspended. But
3: By the, way, the other part on bonds. Yeah. If, if you take uh, Game of Shadows. Okay, and he suspends his career in 1998. That he sees the uh, the home run chase and decides he's going to start juicing up because I'll show how great a player. If his career stops that moment. He's a it's Hall of Hall Famer.
1: Famer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I go 100% agree, and that's and that's what. So, Same with Clemens. If he wasn't such an asshole, do you think he would be in the Hall of Fame? Barry Bonds.
3: There's a lot of assholes in the Hall of Fame. True.
0: True. Well, I'll tell you one who was left out because he's an asshole is Kurt Schilling. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I voted for Kurt every year. And am I comfortable with everything Kurt's done? Of course not. I mean, you know, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't like what he's done, but I think also we, this will get the Kincaid, this will be right up Kincaid's out. I think we can sound too pious when we start using that as a reason to keep somebody out of the hall of fame. Mm -hmm. Um, That because our feelings were hurt. Okay. We're big boys. We ought to know. He's still the best big game pitcher of his time. You can pray to God. He doesn't say anything stupid on the uh, on the on On the the, on the dais. But uh, I just couldn't I couldn't use that as the reason to keep him out.
2: Look, here's I'll make another parallel here. Let me go back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, here Um, Ted Nugent should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Ted Nugent said and done a lot of stupid things. People have strong opinions of him. But if you just look at his music in a vacuum, he deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame if you look at his baseball prowess in a vacuum, right? So we're really asking ourselves a question, Kevin. Is it the Baseball Hall of Fame or the Morality Hall of Fame? You know what I mean? And everybody's got to... I think people have like strong personal feelings about that stuff. A lot of journalists cross the line during the Donald Trump era and with the stuff that Schilling was saying where it's like, you know, I'm going to take a personal stand because I think this is personally right or personally wrong or whatever. I think once you go down that that slope, really, there's no coming back. You know, you kind of like kind of you're kind of in it, you know,
3: and and I don't like when people from our business try to put their own views on somebody because that it's not what we're raised in J school. Our our thing is to report what we see. Okay. And if people think that Kurt Shilling's an asshole because of what he's done, then they'll figure it out that's not my job to say that okay mm-hmm. um I, it, with the steroids was always different because the morality issue did come up with the steroid thing mm-hmm. um
2: but it was a baseball thing but that I mean, was a it ball. was a competitive advantage thing. you don't have a competitive advantage because you're a republican right no. you, know what you know what i'm saying
3: Oh, well, right. once you get a good republican what, umpire what about, <laughs> that's,
2: that's true that's true <laughs> Well, well can you we see do the it. line of you see the delineation, the thing that I I'm do, trying to say.
3: Absolutely, but yeah. I, I mean, look. Let me be honest. There are sports, some sports writers who love playing God. I'm not always, I'm not always that type, but I I try to take my job seriously when when I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could and and we could go to so many different paths with this, but keep in mind, there's only been one player in the history of the game elected to the Hall of Fame unanimously. I mean, and are there? more guys who deserve to be elected unanimously sure. yes but there were sports writers who you know were elitist entitled jackasses who wouldn't vote for a certain guy just because they didn't want them to get 100 on the first ballot right i mean is that is that is that right and there's also guys who didn't vote for a guy who's like well he's going to get in so i'm going to vote for someone else to keep him on the ballot and not let that guy get it but that to me that's that's asinine that's you vote for who deserves to be there but that goes
2: back to your original point point, Ann, of like it's not it's not the ballot versus the ballot it's the player or the hall of fame right Right. if you had mike schmidt and chipper jones and george brett who else was a third baseman wade boggs if you put them all on the same ballot you would vote for all of them for the hall of fame you wouldn't say like well you know i got to order them one through four you know what i mean like so i think people have to more people have to have that
0: mentality when they go into it. Kev, what year did they change the rule to vote for ten? Because it used to be just five, right?
3: No, it was always ten.
0: Was it always ten? Always ten. Hmm. I think you did, did something change <laughs> at some point. <laughs>
3: A lot of things change. No, no, the- no.
0: I mean with the with the pros- the voting process.
3: You used to be fifteen years on the ballot, now it's ten.
0: Okay. I, I knew there was something that changed. There's, There's a difference the- of five in there somewhere. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are yeah. you were close,
2: yeah. Yeah. That
3: okay. would not be part of this podcast, please stop. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um final who wants the final thought on the Hall of Fame stuff? And or Kev, take your
0: take your pick. Uh, no, I mean, I just I'm I I'm believing us look, I I think that the Hall of Fame and I think with a lot of self-righteous Twitter baseball fans don't realize is that the hall does celebrate the sport more than just the people that get elected. You go to Cooperstown and you walk through that building and you will see players who are not hall of fame players get memorialized inside that building Mm -hmm. with, with about their accomplishments and their achievements and great things that they've done. But there is the one hall where all the plaques are. That is reserved for the best of the best, Hmm. and that's what people like Kevin Cooney are voting for, the best of the best. So to me, it should be a smaller group of people, and I think if too many people get on the train of vote for nine or ten guys, if you get up to 70% of those people doing that, you're going to start watering it down, and I think that 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 cheapens Hmm. the trip up there. Just for me personally, and that's why I believe in a smaller Hall of Fame.
3: Can Can I ask Kyle one final question before we uh before we wrap this up? Uh, Kyle, uh, you're going to be hanging out in front of the abandoned Wawa to say goodbye to Jim Rosenfeld now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big
1: I'm a big abandoned pier guy. I'm a big Target guy. You send me you need me boots on the ground anywhere. Hey, when are you retiring? I'll, I'll show up to uh, your abandoned shop right from your childhood home.
3: Uh, uh, It's an Acme, by the way. And (laughs) I'll see you in 2081 then at this point.
2: My going away party would be at Zern's in Gilbertsville, the (laughs) farmer's market, which (laughs) went (laughs) defunct many years ago, but provided like half of my music collection. So that's where... That's where uh, my mind will Mine's be.
1: Mine's going to be at Lansdale Catholic once the uh, once the attendance nosedives for good and uh, it's just abandoned <laughs> two, two hallways.
3: school. It's already happened.
2: God, I didn't know anybody still went to Lansdale Catholic. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, you over there going to send your kids to North Penn with the Publix. Yeah, my kids ain't going to private school, man. I went to Boyertown, man. You think I, I would send my kids to private school?
3: I'm a judge, I'm a judge today, and my kids – all or
0: Alan.
2: Yeah. Graduate. Coming up on the next uh crossing broadcast, a discussion of public school versus private school. We'll do that. Hey, next
0: hey, time. listen, I've done both, right? You guys know how big I am on Saint Joe's Prep being a proud alum. Wait, Saint Joe's Prep alums like to talk about St. Joe's Prep? You know, you know how much I do that, right? It's a cult that we do, and Anthony, Tim and I do it in our Anthony. Are, all you time. The only,
3: are you the only prep alum not in Jersey right now? Because their <laughs> football team is
0: yeah, the entire football team is yeah. but I did but I did not send my children to the prep. My boys at least. Obviously, my my daughter couldn't go there. But now why why is that? They all went to public school.
3: He couldn't afford it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they would have given me a, no, but they would have given me an alumni discount, right? I mean, they, yeah, but they, but there's to be like an a, NIL. There's got to be like a fund for like everybody. No, to yeah, I know. If, if you're an alum and you have a kid that wants to go there, they will, they find a way to
2: get. We had, can I tell a story real quick? And Kevin, you may laugh because you may know who I'm talking about, but the morning executive producer at eyewitness news was a St. Joe's prep guy. So like, he would always like send me with a camera. If something came up, he'd be like, Hey, uh, you want to go do the Speedy Morris story or something? <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I got—I actually got to know like the prep, like PR guy, but even though I was like a full-time free freelancer, dude. You know,
0: former yeah. AP writer, yeah. Bill Abington.
2: See, let um, me just say this: St. Joe's Prep alumni love St. Joe's Prep. Boyertown alumni don't give a shit about Boyertown.
0: So. Well, my—I my, sent both of my sons, kind of like, "Hey, let's go check it out, whatever." And my yeah. oldest son hated it didn't want to go. And so he went to public school and my younger son kind of was like, yeah, eh. he was kind of a wishy washy I'm like, all right, fine. That's it. Let's go to public school. And
2: they turned out just fine. Just think, fine. Yeah. Just fine.
1: Oh, I would say I would, I would argue North Penn is a better education than Lansdale Catholic and you save yourself $7,000 a year. <laughs> I'd be the first one to tell you, I'll still rep the green and gold wherever I go. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, but you know, I'm, I'm an alumni of Lanzo Catholic. And you're just another statistic. Yeah. I love this.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm Father Judge, and yeah. I, I am a statistic.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. We appreciate uh, having statistics on the show. with us the show. Yes. Crossing broadcast. Thanks, so what, Kev. You're a good sport, man. So what do we get out of kale? We got Alex
1: Rodriguez
0: and J-Roll? No, a- A-Rod's a no. A-Rod's a no. no. A-Rod's a no. Okay. Yeah. Right. J-Roll's a yes. So he has one of his A-Roll. nine. Yeah. And But A-Rod and Manny are not in the nine. So yeah. if look
3: at the- i'm teasing it like howard teases his top 10 nfl teams every week
2: no. I, there will be no comment on that for me no. uh, i would just say i hope that the guy who hasn't voted for anybody in like three years i hope he continues his streak i hope he votes for <laughs> nobody for the rest of eternity <laughs> nobody is good enough for the hall <laughs> and still covers 162 games a year yeah
1: high standards for whoever that was you know? <laughs> yeah well, Kev, thank you so much, man. We really appreciate you coming on. Enjoy your holiday.
3: Have a great holiday, guys. See you soon.
1: Right. Thank you. Thanks, Kev. All right. Um, hey, people, we'll get people out of here with this, Kev. Uh, you wrote a story earlier this week about a perfect statistic for your stocking stuffer, for your Jonathan Gannon hating uncle. People loved it when we did it for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to happen again. You're going to be sitting around the dinner table and whatnot. And you're gonna need your, uh, your your uncle's gonna fight with you. I met I met WIP dad. I met WIP uncle this weekend in Chicago. The guy was perfect, dude. The Seth Joiner, dude. Holy shit! The, the Seth Joiner jersey with the collared shirt is the is the is the dad of is is the outfit of choice for dads everywhere. And now with Christmas Eve and the Eagles are playing, your uncle, your father. Your grandfather are all going to be dressed in their favorite Chuck Bednarik, Seth Joiner, Randall Cunningham jersey with a collar shirt over top. I think my oh, okay. dad has
2: a Runyon jersey. I think he his. <laughs> I had a Colin Perry jersey. Not they, they have it when my well, here's a story. My dad, you know, would get together with like my uncles and like some friends or whatever. They have a cardboard cutout of Donovan McNabb that they put up like near the TV. So they set Donovan up, and then he has a rubber brick. It's called the bad call brick. And it's yeah, the, I had that. Yeah, you'd say throw it. You're supposed to throw it at the TV when there's mm-hmm. a bad call. But now they're all flat screens and they're really expensive. You can't throw the bad call brick at a friggin' like 85 inch, you know what I mean?
1: That is so, true. Um, that yeah, is true. But,
2: yeah. but anyway, yes, I'm sorry. We have to arm people with information for their arguments. So uh what is it again off the top of my head? Oh We yeah. have
1: the Eagles are the only NFL team and Craig can pull it up. Okay. Here it is. The Eagles are the only NFL team that hasn't allowed an opposing quarterback to pass for more than 250 yards this year. Last time the Eagles didn't allow a quarterback to throw him for more than 250 yards in a full season was 77. Yeah. Jim Hart's 240
2: yards were the most against the Eagles. I remember that Jim Hart game like it was yesterday. Actually, no, I don't. It was 1970.
1: Do either
0: of you know? I know who Jim Hart was the quarterback for. Do either of you know? I'm
1: going to say the Lions. It sounds like
0: a Lions quarterback. Nope. The Arizona Cardinals, St. Louis at the time, but okay. St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, yeah. that is correct. Don't right. yeah. forget,
2: correct. we're in the NFC East for a while.
0: Who? Yeah, a while. Jim this Jim Hart, line, not yeah. not
2: Jim the Anvil Neidhart uh, from the Hart collection or whatever. <laughs> or Mouth of the <laughs> South, Jimmy Hart or Mouth. of the Jim South Lion. Hart.
1: There's a Jim Lionhart, who's the new quarterback of a Big Ten
2: or new uh, coach of a Big Ten team, I think, or he's Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. There's some good Jim Hart knowledge for you there. That that came straight out of the Bruno and Mays playbook right there. <laughs> um But yeah, look here, I'll just say this real quick. Like it's just proof that the scheme is doing what it's supposed to be doing, right? You're supposed to limit passing yards, you're supposed to limit big explosive plays over the top. And uh that's the reason that you see this, you know. So can yeah, you say whatever you want to say about the rushing defense, um, but by design they concede a little bit in the running game in order to limit the big passing plays. So that's it. You don't have to like the scheme. You can hate the scheme, but within the framework of the scheme, they're finding success. Respect the scheme. That's right. You got so you got to tell your uncle. You got to say, "Listen, Uncle Mike, it's all about scheme and design here. This is what they're trying to do." So. That said,
0: I think both teams are in the thirties this week,
1: and it's going to take the over. And then we're gonna. Then your uncle's going to look right at you and be like, "Oh, I
0: respect the scheme, yeah. Seth
1: Twinner. Yeah. yeah. Seth Joyner, he what did he say? the 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 Seth Joyner dad, the WIP dad. He said it's like uh, your bingo
2: chart. He hit on your bingo chart.
1: Brian oh, he hit, he he crushed the bingo chart. What's the thing that we? Oh, he tells it like it is. He tells, Him it, saying like it, he is. tells it like it is within five seconds was like yeah. yes. That and, guy's and when I'm voice. out there interviewing hook, yeah. line, and sinker
2: yeah. right there. That guy's voice was gruff too. sounded like he he was in the trenches with Baldy back in the day or something. You know, it was
1: a it was a good union cr- turnout. I sat next to a guy on the plane who was part of the cement union. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know there was a a cement union. union There's a union. It's Philadelphia,
2: man. There's a union for everything. Trust yeah.
1: me. Yeah, that guy either drove a truck or he was in he was in the uh, steamfitters union. I would say.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, we should unionize. You know?
2: Should we yeah. unionize? Should we? Well, don't, don't let anybody hear that. We might get fired. They might try to fire <laughs> live us. Live on crossing broadcast. Can, can we can we can we unionize
0: for a, a company that's not an American company?
2: That's a very good question. Ask the lawyers. Somebody call a lawyer. We'll get <laughs> Phil on here, you know. <laughs> Ask him about it.
0: Hey, fellas.
2: Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Same to you yeah. guys. Happy holidays. Thank you to all the listeners for uh rejoining the crossing broadcast relaunch this year. Oh, That's a new year shit. I'm saying we can do that next week. I can say all that next week. Do you, you don't want to no, do I thought that? Was, I thought you were I,
0: about to have your Jim Garner moment there.
2: Well, I just want to thank all of the, everybody who's listened to us for 47 years. You know, <laughs> we only have 40. How many do we have left? We have 46 and a half years left to go before we match uh Jim Gardner.
1: So we hand it off to our own Brian Taff. That's all right. Do
0: right. you, you like how I circled that around? All right. Yeah. You, I was you, just surprised you, you weren't
1: going to do a, you were going to do a joke saying, see you in the new year the classic. Yeah. See you next year. Oh, the classic, <laughs> classic guy in the office usually works in accounting. Try to avoid him in the break room. Just, hey, see you next year, guys. A lot of people are getting to see you next year. Today. Hey, thanks, Mom. My, my mom says
0: we're all the best.
1: Thank you, Mary. <laughs> oh, that's,
0: that's awesome. Merry Christmas, Mary.
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Mary's been a day one. Um, all right. Well, that's everything. Thank you to Aunt. Thank you to Kevin Cooney. Thank you to Kevin Kincaid. Thank you to Craig, who looks like Chip Skylark, if anyone remembers Fairly Odd Parents from back in the day, behind yes. the scenes right now. <laughs> that's a great um, k- come on, Craig! Come on!
2: That's two, a great reference. New for the people, Craig. Is he wearing a Broad Street Run T-shirt right now? I think he is. Look
0: at him. Wait,
1: lift up the hat a little bit. Uh, uh, see some God. of the hair.
0: Let's see some of the hair. Chip Skylark, guys, that's Chip fantastic. fantastic. I like. Lo- <laughs>
2: Oh, that's good. <laughs> Looks really good. Now, you look like you're gonna go. You're ready to go to see Taking Back Sunday or something uh, with the uh, diagonal uh, diagonal bangs coming. Uh, He's, He's gonna gone. rock out the Stacy's mom after we get off the block. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of dishwalla on the ride home.
1: <laughs> 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 Jimmy eat world or dashboard confessional? Who's uh, better, Craig? Neither. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. having 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 spending the weekend with Craig was fun. We we learned a lot about each other. Thank Somewhere God we had separate rooms, though. Thank God we in separate rooms. <laughs> Thank
2: God. Sounds like some stories for another uh, another time. Yeah. There. yeah. So,
1: know. all right, that's the broadcast. Thank you so much for everybody tuning in. Happy holidays. Have a great. Uh, we'll be on next next. Yeah, because the twenty. Yeah, the twenty seventh will be Tuesday. So. We'll be we'll be on. Uh, we'll talk to you then.